0: It's late at night and you're alone Find yourself reaching for the phone You'll be crawling on your knees You can feel the sound of the tape i've always heard that about recording that way and it's always interested me If i'm going to be spending thousands of dollars why not why not go and we have the ability there's a tape machine right there you know i just never really had access to it but there it just it it changes the whole mood and you do you capture you i feel like you you can really feel the sound
1: that's daniel nicole i've got all of the members of daniel nicole band we're going to celebrate my 100th episode I'm Jamie Green and this is Trading Force.
2: I'm to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Oh, yeah.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Trading Force. I'm your host Jamie Green and today is a very special episode, the 100th episode of this podcast. Who knew way back in October of 2019 when I traveled over to the jazz guitarist house, Matt Hopper, that we'd still be going and going strong and still beginning to talk to so many cool musicians. Today's episode is brought to you by Garage Door Apparel, unique and high quality apparel inspiring everyone to make this world a beautiful place. They do printing right in their shop in Mission, Kansas. They love to support all things local, music, local makers, and animal shelters. Use the code TRADING4S, one word, on their website to save 20% on your order. That's a great deal. Garagedoorapparel.com is the website. I put that down in the show links. Becky and her family own it and are great people. Check it out. They do cool things. The world has changed dramatically in the last 29 months since I released episode one. But one thing that hasn't changed, I really love this podcast and the opportunity it affords me. I always tell people that I am a schmo with a show. And that's the truth. Music for me is a paying hobby. It's not my career. It never has been. I figured out really early on that I did not have what it took to make it my life's vocation. But that's okay. I feel really fortunate because I get to dip my toe into that world by either playing out live somewhere or getting the chance to discuss the creative process with real musicians. And today's guests are certainly in that category, real musicians who kick ass. I've had them on separately, but never together. And it's an exciting time for the Danielle Nicole Band. For one thing, the drummer extraordinaire, and I would argue one of the nicest people in the business, Go-Go Ray, he's joined the band. Go-Go's so freaking cool, man. Just a beautiful human being. So along with him, Brandon Miller and Danielle Nicole join me. They are also some of the nicest people in town. If you've not had the chance to hear this band live, you are missing out. They kill it. Danielle's voice alone will knock your socks off. Pair that voice with her bass, Brandon's guitar playing, Gogo's drums, and you've got some amazing synergy. They were kind enough to invite me over to their really cool rehearsal space. I packed up my gear, headed over on a snowy Kansas City night to talk to them. They were funny, and as fun as always, we talk about a new album. yes a new album, going out on the road, being a musician in the time of COVID, and so much more. So, let's get started and celebrate. Here's my 100 conversation on this crazy podcast, and I'm so glad to say I spent it chatting with Daniel Nicole, Brandon Miller, and Go Go Ray. Weren't you supposed to be in Scotland right now? Where were you supposed to be right now with Walter Trout?
2: We were
0: supposed to be recovering from our UK tour. Right. <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, yeah, we were supposed to be doing a, a run with uh, Walter. That was originally scheduled for May of 2020. Um, and then it was scheduled for November of 2020. And then it was scheduled for January of 21. And uh, no, 22. Let me hear off. I don't even know. Um, this is the fourth scheduling fourth, fourth reschedule. for yeah. June <laughs> now. <laughs> Cause no, it, yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 I don't know.
1: It there's just, there's
0: been so many changes, honestly.
1: And time stops having meaning, doesn't it? I mean, that's just like, was that three months ago or three years ago or 15 years ago? I mean, you get to the point, like, you just like, I don't know.
0: Well, it's, you know, it's, there's, it's just all such a, such a kind of blur of, of nothing. It's, it's talk is just like pre COVID and, post-COVID now yep. you know what I mean it's just it's it's
1: weird it kind of reminds me of 9-11 right there was yeah. this whole world before mm-hmm. and then we still flew but we had to take our shoes off and do stupid shit that we're still having to do yeah so it's just
0: yeah the world yeah
1: yeah anyway uh well I hear new music so let's talk new mu- let's talk happy <laughs> let's talk happy stuff so
0: I'll just dive right in there yeah let's well
1: I mean, we can be sad all you want, but that's not much oh, fun no, for no, an interview, no. right? No, no, no,
0: no, it wasn't it really.
1: No, I know. I'm just teasing.
3: No, we uh, new music. We started. Um, Danielle is always writing. I always hear coming up with ideas and stuff, and then we we collaborate on certain things. And um, but yeah, we went into the studio last June. It would have been, I guess. Um, for the original kind of first session of uh, the to be determined album name um, that's still being debated. No, it's TBA, not TBD.
0: It's TBA. TBA. It's TBA. No, it's but, TBA. So <laughs> we uh, we we started the first
3: uh, the first session um, last June and um, liked liked what we had. We had a good round of uh, you know good group of songs. Um, and sessions over at uh, Weights and Measures here in Kansas City, with Dwayne, and um, kind of let that simmer for a couple months, um, and then we we decided to go back. Um, we kind of reevaluated things, and um, amongst ourselves and with Tony Baronical, the producer um, from LA, and he, we were like, it it seems like everything's there, but we're still just missing something, you know, whether it's one or two songs or maybe going back and touching up a few things. Um, so then we had gone back, we, we regrouped in October and went back for this kind of the second session of this album and uh, had a couple new songs that we did, um, retracked some songs um, in their entirety and, you know, some different parts that we did. Um, and completed what is the album now Um, and we're all real happy with it um, TBA TBA you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's almost like uh, we joke about the the songs that we come up with and you know you record on your iPhone it's you know we're gonna have like an iPhone voice memos bootleg album one day you know <laughs> of all these things um yeah but yeah we uh we're really happy with everything and uh one of the fun parts of the album for me was it was the first time we had recorded to tape okay um so we kind of played around with the idea and Danielle was like well let's do it if we're gonna go all out let's go to tape and see what happens so it was live and raw and mistakes were made and (laughs) mistakes were uh tried to be you know fixed and uh but that was, you know, that's, I feel, how we captured the magic of um, the performances on this album. So, for people
1: that haven't worked with tape before, it's, it, it's I, as a layperson, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because part of it is, you know that you only have so many takes until the tape is starting to, you know, lose some of its quality. Um, so you don't have, it's not like Pro Tools, you can't do it 200 times. I mean, I guess you could, but it's probably going to sound like shit. But then again, it probably motivates you to be super focused, I'm guessing, correct?
0: Yeah, you can't. It's not something where you can just start and stop and just be like, oh, well, let's just start the drums at that one spot. It's like especially you know when you're when you're recording the fundamental instruments of the rhythm guitar and the drums and the bass, um, you have to you have to get the whole take right. you know like when you're in a live performance, you know, I I make a bunch of mistakes. I'm just like, that ah, fuck it, just keep going. You know, yeah. um, But you can't do that, and you can't just stop and go back and just fix this one little part. Like you have to, you have to have the consistency and and get through it. But there there is there there's a difference. Like you can feel the sound of the tape, and it's you know, and I've I've always heard that about you know recording that way, and it's always interested me. And, you know, like Brian said, it's like, you know, if I'm going to be spending thousands of dollars, why not, you know, why not go? And we have the ability. There's a tape machine right there. You know, I just never really had access to it. And so, but there, it just, it, it changes the whole mood. And you do, you capture, you, I feel like you, you can really feel the sound, you know, as opposed to digital. There's a, there's a difference.
1: Kind of a warmness? How would you describe it? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely a warmth.
1: Yeah. So speaking of Mr. Consistency sitting here,
0: mm-hmm. so what's it
1: like recording with the Mr. Ray over here?
0: So. <laughs> Why I'll tell you, watching watching Go Go. Um, Tony flew in from LA and I mean he's an incredible drummer, Tony Bronigal, who produced the record as well. So to to watch the two of them work together was it was it was fucking awesome. It was really cool just watching, you know, two uh, two goats just get along really well because it can go one of two ways when you have a drummer who is the producer of the record directing a drummer on what to play that you know that they and they've never worked together before. This is how they formally met. So but I'll let I mean if Gogo wants to talk about it he can I I really thoroughly enjoyed the process. I learned so much and like I yeah. Was, I was a
2: piece of clay. <laughs> <laughs> And Tony molded me, so Okay, that's... No, you're fine. Oops. <laughs> he didn't do that,
1: though. No, no, no. Well, uh, I mean, the very famous story is when the Foo Fighters first started out, right? And the original Foo Fighters drummer, and then Dave Grohl went back and was like, no, I'm not happy with this, and completely recorded all of it. And he said, well, you can still tour. And the guy's like, I'm not touring if I'm not on the record. So, I, I mean, that could be a really bad dynamic. So I'm happy to know that you were... What oh, you, Gumby? You are a piece of clay. You
2: are a piece of clay. You <laughs> clay. You know, show up, know the material, and, you know, after every take, he would say something, and we go that way. we change it up, fix it, get it right.
1: So do you guys like one part of the time, click track it, do it that way? Do you like playing semi-live? <laughs> what do you guys do?
2: Well,
3: um... This is good stuff say, right here. <laughs> in a perfect world. In a perfect um, world, though, yeah. Um, You know, we we would do it all live, um, all together. we just start to click and and play it, and, you know, we might do, uh, you know, you might run through the song once or twice, and then we'll be like, all right, run the tape. And then we do two or three takes of that, and we're like, all right, that one felt good, that one wasn't as good, let's go with take two, you know, and go back and see if there's anything we need to fix. Um, But in this case... uh, we had some, I guess uh, <laughs> personnel changes after October, um, and this is where <clears throat> GoGo and Tony really earned their money. Um, and GoGo, <laughs> GoGo went back. I was it November or December, I guess.
0: Yeah, we we had recorded with our touring drummer Cameron Tyler. We had recorded the record originally with him. Um,
3: and Damon Parker on keys. Damon
0: Parker so from the there.
3: MGDs here yep. on keys.
0: Um, and, uh, Cameron is no longer the band and I didn't want to represent, you know, the next four or five years of touring on a sound that wasn't going to be correct. And so, you know, I thought about it really, really hard and I actually offered Gogo the album before, like, regardless of whether or not he was going to be able to tour with me. Um, because I, I thought to myself, I said, you know, no matter what happens, what I do live from here on out, I need I need a great drummer on this record. And my gut was just like, I want somebody that is in Kansas City. I want somebody that is engulfed in the scene that is, that can basically do anything. And he was the first one that came to mind. And so, you know, I presented it to him, and I was just like, first of all, I would like... <laughs> Would you please come and re-record the drums on this record? By the way, we're recording to Dave. By the way, three of the songs don't have a click track.
1: Oh my God. You are, like, you are Dave Grohl. know this. you were the Dave Grohl
0: in this band. I, I did. <laughs> so when you brought that up, I'm just like, he has no idea how, like, how close this is. This is ridiculously. Well, if you get the
1: Dave Grohl money out of it in the end. <laughs> So besides the title not being out, so, what's the date? What's the release date?
0: I don't know. It's off to be mixed. We're doing one step at a time. You know, it was um, when we we had gotten it all done and then this hat, you know, and then Cameron with Cameron leaving the band and then re-recording the drums that set it back. And then, you know, with everything that happened with my brother and then um, canceled touring and then COVID and on everything on that. Um you know there's just been a lot of just a lot of time that's been been needed to be spent elsewhere. Um but the album is finally it's I mailed the hard drive off to Tony and uh he's putting the finishing touches on it as far as some final edits and then it's it's going to the mix man. So once we get it to the mix and I've got um, a better plan. It'll be this year. Okay. So, long answer, super short soon. <laughs> TBA. <laughs> no, but it's, um, no, it's really cool because, you know, there's, uh, what, 12 tracks on it. 11 of them are original. You That's know, great. Brandon and I wrote a lot of them together. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just, it, it's it's it, it sounds more like me you know than i have in a while and so it, it's i'm really looking forward to sharing it.
1: well you know COVID is interesting because um it's almost like a rorschach test right like what do you get out of it we're all stuck at home and stuff so having that extra time for you two did that make it more productive did that make it you guys are at each other's throat did that make it you just were like, we can riff and figure things that we have more time because I'm guessing in the usual life of your band, mm-hmm. you get off the road and if you're going to record, like it's got to be quick because you've got to go back on the road. quick. Did, did that happen? What was the dynamic during COVID for you two writing?
0: Well, the, the recording process is always super quick because it's expensive, you know, and when I went into it, it wasn't like, oh, I've got a big budget. You know, I, this is this is a self-funded project, so...
1: So do you have it all worked out, I guess, ahead of time is what I'm asking.
0: Do Oh, yeah, we have most of it worked out. We did very little in the studio as far as development. There were a couple of songs that we took our time with, but for the most part, you know, everything was pretty pretty sewn up. It was just a matter of getting
3: the parts right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with this album, we, we really took our time from song to song on tones and sounds of each individual instrument, you know, the guitar sounds, the drum sounds, the bass sounds, um, you know, not only what amps were playing, but what guitars were playing, um, to where each song has their own individual characteristic and sound, you know, and it tells a story. So the whole, the album as a whole, you know, really, um, comes together to tell a story. And, uh, I think that was a lot of, a lot of fun doing that. And, being able to have the time to explore those um, creative, you know, uh, possibilities in the studio, which, you know, like she said, when when we're in the studio, it's like, all right, we got seven days or less usually to go in and record 12 songs, like track them, vocals, edits, everything, and that's a lot of work to do, you know, in that amount of time, um, regardless of how Prepared you are, or how prepared you think you are, um, and especially with tape, it it mm-hmm. uh, it was, you know. Tony was comfortable with tape because he had recorded on tape for many years, and but I never have. Um, and just you know, um, certain things you learn along the way of, you know, <laughs> you're like, all right, let's let's run a few takes, and if some of the songs are longer, you know, you get three takes down, and you're like, all right, let's do one more take. And then Dwayne would be like, hold on, I'm going to switch the tape. And, you're, you know, everybody's ready to go and to ready to play. <laughs> and, yeah, the energy and the intensity for the song. And then you're like, yeah, just give me, give me a couple minutes. And you're like, oh, okay, well, we'll just wait and try to not get distracted or, you know, you start tuning. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, I better check Facebook because everything does that. <laughs> and then you lose, you lose all of it. Well, you know, I have 33
0: so. seconds, so yeah, I might as well not? look at socials. Yeah. But then, you know, the machine, the, the tape machine just um, just stopped working, you know. And Dwayne's like, well, you know, I'll take a look at it. I might get it fixed today. Right. You know, we're halfway through the session. I'm like, well, that's lunch. You know, like, "Well, okay, <laughs> well, let, let's figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Let's, you know, because you just have, you know, you just have to, you just have to wait. You're at the mercy of, of uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, the it- decades old. You know, yeah. a piece of machinery. But that that's just
1: part of the experience. You know? mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to totally age myself. I actually took a recording studio class in college.
3: Mm-hmm. It
1: was tape. It was 16 track. And the guy actually taught us how to physically use a straight edge and cut it.
3: for oh, wow. yeah. Yeah.
1: And like you cut it too much and you'd be like, where is it? And it's on the floor somewhere in this huge heap. And you're like trying to find it. So oh, my I-, I applaud you. For wanting to do this because to me on my side I'd be like oh my god when Pro Tools came out I was like oh thank god
0: yeah because
1: you know oh I you know I screwed up oh edit undo oh it's yeah. bad
0: yeah and we yeah. were you know we were able to do that with some of it because once you get you know once you get the fundamentals down on tape and then you dump it over to obviously you dump it over to Pro Tools right. after after it's been recorded and then Um, it's really cool how we've been able to, you know, between the way that Dwayne is such a great engineer, it's, you can't really tell what wasn't recorded to tape that was, that was, you know, that was laid down later, like the layering of the guitars and some of the stuff. And then when we'd have, uh, Damon come back and play Moog on stuff that he had already laid down organ on the the tape, you know, Mm But
2: yeah, it was, it, it's really cool to be able to blend the two technologies. So, uh, Goku, you're so quiet. Why are you just... Because not... I'm loud on stage. Okay, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, here I get yeah. to be quiet. Man. Did
1: you guys watch the Beatles documentary, the Get Back, the whole thing on Apple, and watch how those guys operate in the studio? No,
2: not yet. Not yet. I'm waiting to watch it. I'm waiting. <laughs> I want to watch it. <laughs> I do. Come but, over to my house. You can watch. What we've got Apple. Come on over. Uh, the
1: reason why I ask is they did that on a an track and on tape. And there's a lot of times they're like, "Are we recording?" You know, like one of those kind of things. And I actually had somebody on, and they were like, "All that money," and they didn't even have a single guitar stand. Like their guitars are just laying on the ground and stuff. And but you talk about like pressure, you know? It's, it was just really fascinating to me to watch them and how much they rehearsed it over and over. And you'd think, oh, they're the Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, it's very exacting, but they're also up against that component with the tape. You only have so many takes, mm-hmm. or somebody screws up, and you got well, fuck, we got to start all over again. That kind of dynamic. It's kind of no wonder yeah. they hated each other by the end. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was hoping then, the whole session. I was like, please let me be the one that messes this up, you know? Because I just, I don't want. I just wouldn't, you know. I just...
3: Yeah, and it it really makes you appreciate, you know, the musicianship um, that you hear of these recordings from the the 60s and 70s, you know, like, even the uh, the Queen, um, you know, movie from a couple of years ago, it's like seeing, you know, how they would record stuff and do different things, you're just like, God, they did that all the tape, and it had to be perfect, you couldn't go in and be like, oh, that one vocal note was a little flat, I'll just adjust that in Pro Tools, you know, it, it's it's amazing, and then you even look at bands, you know, like, Yes or Rush or Genesis, these progressive rock bands that you know, they're in a 12-minute song and if they get to the 10th minute and they're like, oh, shit, I, I screwed that up, guys. Let's mm-hmm. just start over, you know? Okay. Like, they they knew what they were doing and they, they could play that at any time. Um, and, you know, I, I started... One of the good things from the what, pandemic, you know, was that uh, Sunset Sound out in L.A., they really boosted up their YouTube channel and they started coming out with um, some different events, you know, of sessions that they had recorded and huge albums, and they would talk about Van Halen, of course, all the legendary albums that they recorded there, and how they would go through tape and do this, and then when Prince recorded there, and um, you know, the engineer, she would would talk about, she was like, yeah, it was just Prince and I in the studio, and it'd be one in the morning and still rolling tape and splicing and cutting and, like, punch me in here. And it's like, to be an engineer... (laughs) today versus an engineer with tape oh, yeah. is like a completely different ball game. She's like, and you had to be, it had to be absolutely perfect. And people like that, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a lost art, you know, of the, the dedication to it.
1: Yeah. It was amazing. It's almost like what people used to do, like blacksmiths could do all that stuff, right? And now there's hardly anybody. I mean, it's such a physical component to it too. You just don't realize it yeah. until you see it. But mm-hmm. somehow I got an A in that class. I have no idea how. He it was, it was just nice, apparently. Uh, but that's funny. So, uh, you're getting a tour soon. I saw your website, and you're getting out. So, is the itch there to go out? Did you enjoy being at home so long? Like, are you looking forward to it? Is
2: the itch there to go out? Yeah, yes. I, I would think so. Yes, ready to go. <laughs> ready. They know.
3: They know. You know that's was, all I talk about. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was nice to be home for a little bit and you get some things done around the house and you know we uh we always joke that in kansas city here we never get to see you know it seems like the nicest time of year is like the two weeks of springtime, the two weeks of fall time throughout the year and other than that it's just really hot or really cold and uh right you know and it seems like we're always gone during those two weeks of spring and two weeks of fall so we actually got to see that um
1: yeah, you guys got a house
3: time, yeah. now too. I, what were you gardening? Well, who was you were gardening, mm-hmm. right? Yeah,
0: we both garden.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been nice to be home, but yeah, we're uh, we're ready to get out, and the the busier the better yes. to make up for lost time. I guess. <laughs> yes. So you know, it's uh, very exciting to see the calendar filling up this year, um, in the summer and everything. So it'll be really good.
1: And you're going over to Europe. Yeah. Go-Go's very excited. You've been over there, right?
2: I have, but it's good to get back and I get to go with them.
1: So where do you want to, like, what like what parts of Europe do you guys dig? I mean, I know you're playing, and you are mostly seen the club or the, the venue, but is there certain towns I, that you're like, wow, this is awesome?
2: I fell in love with Berlin. It was just one of those things. You get off the, um, the bu- not the bus, the, uh, the van, and you, you put your feet down, and you go, hey, there's something cool about this place. Throw your bag in a hotel. I just went exploring. So I don't know why Berlin did that to me, but it did. Yeah? Yeah.
1: There's a lot of great music. And David Bowie's whole
2: era in Berlin. And history. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, every building's... History actually, you can actually see. Yeah, it. most of us after 1945, because we, we pretty much leveled yeah, everything. Right. Prior. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How
1: about the rest of you? Any cities you enjoy? Like, just like... Or do you care?
3: Um... You know, we've been to London several times and it seems like no matter how many times you've been there, you can find something yeah. else that you haven't seen. It's like New York, right? Like yeah. you could spend weeks there. Yeah, and, and never never get enough of it. London's fun. Um uh, I
0: like a lot of the older older cities and stuff, you know, we went we got to play Romania, okay, and that was that was really cool. We we flew into Bucharest, and then we had a five-hour drive to the city where we were playing, and um, and that, it just it's I I really like seeing the the older countries and and the the older histories and stuff. So stuff so, and like um, Norway and the Netherlands are also really beautiful. But there's still there's still several places that are on my bucket list. Like I would. I'd really love to, uh, like, Brazil and Spain. Oh, yeah. And, you know? Sure. So, um, but, you know, we've been really fortunate. I think um, the North Pole, we got to play in the North Pole, and that was that was really, really cool. But there oh, was not much exploring yeah. there. Yeah, it's Yeah, it's the, the, the island way north of Norway, where it's, like you're you're in the arctic circle so the northern lights are actually southern lights interesting <laughs> <laughs> um but there are more polar bears than population of people and and it's like you know where the permafrost is and like where the world Seed bank is and stuff right. is up in there so you not there's not really much like city life but it's, but it's really, really cool, and the people, the people are really, really grateful for the music. Thankfully, when we go, you know, wherever we're going, when we travel, for the most part, like, I, I don't come from money. I can't just be like, oh, yeah, let's go take a vacation. So when I get to go travel, I'm working, you know, and, and, and thankfully I'm in an industry where I'm invited to be there. So for the most, for the most part, it's always a pretty positive experience. Um, so there are a lot of really, really great places that aren't necessarily like heavily populated or super, you know, super historic. But they they're all really super special in that way because they're grateful for the music and they're you know, that's the, the common bond that you have. And so you, you come with a friendship sharing that foundation. So it's just like it's hard to pick a specific place but I I like a lot of the older older places because they have a respect for their their history and their culture
1: yeah so um are the crowds different guys or or are they just the same can you tell
2: a difference over there crowds are beautiful
0: yeah first of all they listen
2: (laughs) wow let's start with that that's amazing they listen (laughs) you play a song quick applause get to the next song if a person's talking in the audience you don't have to worry about the doorman the crowd will handle that really (laughs) yeah that's nice and then Never you once you're done with the show, huge round of applause.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: they pay attention it. that's beautiful, man. That's really cool.
3: And it doesn't matter the size of the crowd. You know, you can play the small rooms over there of you know fifty, sixty people, and they're all listening. Or you know, um, one that we talk about is the Holland International Blues Fest, where we played, and um, you know, there's twelve thousand people, and you can, and they're all in this giant circus tent watching you, and you could hear a pin drop in there you know and to get that many people just like waiting for every drop of music that you put out is is amazing absolutely and you're still doing edinburgh right edinburgh scotland is
1: still on the list right are you still doing that are you still going there?
0: No, I oh, don't. No. I think that one's off the list. That's too I don't bad. Know, though. I'm not positive. So
1: one of the people that I weirdly become friends with is a international best-selling mystery writer who's also a huge music nut. So when you had your original tour, I sent mm-hmm. him a clip of you guys and said, "Go check him out and tell oh. him hi for me." So next time,
0: so. I'm not sure. Yeah, because. Um, yeah, I'm not
1: sure that that one made it back on the reschedule. Yeah, well, maybe. Someday, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: I would love to. Yeah, that,
1: personal. That's, that's, <laughs> my favorite, that's my favorite place.
0: Yeah. Is, 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 I'm like 40% Scottish anyway, and
1: Edinburgh is just beautiful and gorgeous, and the people wow. are super cool. And uh, Anyway, so, and he used to be yeah. a music critic before he became a mystery writer, so he's like, you guys would love him, he's way in the weeds, like, knows every album, and when it was recorded, and all this oh, stuff, so wow. that would be really cool.
3: And that, you know, that talking about traveling to Europe, that was one of the things that we, we've talked about over the last two years is that we were lucky enough to travel to these places and, and see these places, like you said, kind of pre-COVID and post-COVID because you don't know. I mean, first off, now that we, you know, we went to Switzerland for a couple of days uh, back in September, but it, when it gets taken away, you're like, I don't know when we'll be back. It could be soon. It could be later. Um, We have no idea how things have changed over there. You know, we know how things have kind of changed here. Um, You know, so to be able to experience those things and see those places when we did, um, you know, we're very grateful for and appreciative to be able to experience that. Because you never know when it can be taken away.
1: Yeah. And isn't that the thing, too? Like, of all the things you could, I mean, musicians get screwed any way you can think of, but the whole world shutting down and no shows. I don't think anybody could imagine that.
3: Mm-mm.
1: I mean, that was just yeah. nobody even thought of it like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. because everybody was not prepared. <laughs> no one. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate. It. So we're sitting in your space here, and that you know you set up cameras and stuff. But that's a whole different dynamic that you're not. And you know, I did in my you know crappy '90s cover band. We did a couple live streams. It's such a weird thing when you stop and it's completely silent. Yeah. And you're, like, trying to read what people are typing to you, right? It's just, it's it's not the same.
3: Yeah. We, Yeah. um, We did a couple that, we teamed up with Frank over at Knuckleheads in the garage. And, you know, it's like you do four or five hundred people seated in the garage. And, you know, but there's only four of you on stage and a sound guy and a video guy and Frank in the garage. And you stop playing and you're just like, man, I was hoping this would be, like, Different, but it's different. It's you know? <laughs> no, 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 like this no, 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 should no. be really cool. Oh well. Right. It is, it's just different. Right. You know, and you're looking at the sound guy like just fade in some fake applause for us <laughs> right? or something, you know. Like the
1: old radio programs where they'd have the guy, the Foley guy that would do all the fake noises yeah. for you. You need that.
3: <laughs> totally.
1: Totally. Well, before we go, I've been asking everybody, like, what's the last great piece of art that you've seen? So, it could be a movie, a TV show, something you've read, somebody's album. What's, like, touched you in the last... Because you've had more time to actually kind of pay attention to stuff.
0: Well, the easy answer for me was um, we uh, we were able to unbox and unearth some of uh, my brother Chris's artwork. He was a really, really talented visual artist, and so, I've gotten to see a lot of, a lot of his pieces again. And so that, that was,
1: that's me. <laughs> wow. And, you know, I didn't know whether to bring that up or not, Danielle, because yeah. I know, you know, I lost my father to cancer and my favorite uncle to cancer. And, you know, it's a horrible thing. And mm-hmm. grief takes its own time, right? It doesn't. Yeah. There's no. But I'm glad to see that, yeah. you know, that's a happy memory for you. So. For sure. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Great artist. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. um, and she's going to laugh about this, um, the Silk Sonic CD. I actually bought the CD. Yes. And, um, yeah, that, that gets a good spin all the time. Oh, that's, that's
1: great. So bad. It's yeah. so good. I have a hundred <laughs> CD player in my
2: house, Go-Go. Wow.
1: It's like my own little jukebox. In fact, your CD's in there, and, <laughs> and it's just on rotation, you know, and stuff. It's great, because you forget. It's with over a thousand songs. You'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's in wow. there Google. got it off eBay for like 50 bucks
3: yeah.
1: right because right. <laughs> somebody at the time was like I don't want this anymore and I was like I'll totally
3: take that yeah it's so great yeah so uh, don't say Tiger King Brandon just don't uh, say the Tiger King for your luckily for me I we never <laughs> fell into that We stayed away we, we stayed away from good from for you, <laughs> um, you know, we, we dove into a bunch of other shows but um, we we did not get on the Tiger King boat this time so, um, you know, just kind of just going back and diving into the record collection of things that you kind of forgotten about, like you said with your CDs and you know everything. It's like going back and listening to it and taking time for those things. Um, but I've you know I've been the last two weeks probably to echo Gogo's response. Just been listening to Silk Sonic on repeat, nonstop and Catching
1: new things and stuff. Oh, you I'm gonna great. check this out now. It's oh, it's awesome. It they
3: got Bootsy it's, on it. Oh, well, there you go. He named oh, the band nice. allegedly.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if he remembers, yeah, right. It's amazing.
0: No,
2: it's, God, how old is Bootsy now? It's gonna be a seventy, beautiful. seventy-one, something like that. Well, it's, you know? McCartney's
1: cool. tour in the summer is eighty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be eighty in June. I was like, because we saw him three years ago, and it's like three-hour show. In Dallas, in the heat, he's Paul McCartney. He ain't taking a song off. Like, everybody's watching him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I gotta stop bitching about doing
3: shows at 54. <laughs> right? I, and I guess I could... Uh, a recent concert that was pretty amazing was that Danielle surprised me and took me to see uh, Chris Stapleton in Columbia. And uh, she got, like, the pit tickets, the GA tickets down in front. So there was don't uh, know, maybe two people in front of us and then Chris Stapleton and Morgan and the band and everything. and um, They played about two hours and it was just flawless. I mean, all the, every sound, the guitar, drums, bass, vocals, everything is just like the album. You know, and they would go through and you can definitely tell they're a live band in the studio too, which is kind of rare nowadays. Really rare. You know? So they just go through and they're like, this is a song, and this is our story, and this—that's it, you know. And uh, that concert was—I mean—one of the best I've ever seen. It was really special.
1: That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna let you rehearse in a minute. You gonna be able to do vinyl? I know vinyl's way on backlog. That like.
0: Definitely. Okay. It'll come out uh, probably a few months after the record, but yeah, it'll definitely do in vinyl. Well, I, want one. Well, I mean, we recorded a tape. That's what i say, saying, like, right? It would be That'd like be a non-sequitur. Real. That'd be <laughs> a real bad. That's dirt pool,
1: man. Well, I, I'm we, going to want we one. We haven't
3: discussed 8-track yet. But, oh, my God. Well, See, somebody was saying cassette. cassettes coming back. It's
1: like, don't bring cassettes back. It was such a shitty thing. It's like it melts in your car. You got the pencil. <laughs> you're doing this for remember, an hour trying to rewind
3: it. No. I remember as a kid, you know, like initially finding my dad's LPs and stuff and listening to those, and then it was like, Way back in the back of the garage, I was like, what's this box? And I found his 8 tracks. So I was like, this is going to be awesome. And then he was like, they're not really that awesome. No. You know? and I, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to find out. And then I found out that they they weren't really that Changing awesome. programs in the middle of a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, why isn't this one working? He's like, oh, you kind of just got to jam something right? in under the 8-track. Oh, yeah. You know, you just work with it until it works yeah or it just
1: never does Yeah, some so. technology should have gone away and stayed away for a reason yeah. so but no vinyl
0: screen <laughs>
1: well guys thanks so much for being a part of it of 100 episodes which is nuts uh, and congratulations again i know it's crazy one of these days we'll have, have to have a normal conversation maybe for 200th episode we'll be like what's covid i don't even remember it." right <laughs> that would be great
0: yes absolutely for all sure. right
1: thanks so much
0: thank you yay on your scam
1: daniel nicole band people so much fun yeah i got to go to the back cave they have a really cool rehearsal space i think i said last time i was jealous but my my wife kelly who I, I made be a roadie she came along and she she very gleefully pointed out that i would never want to go somewhere and travel that i'd want to you know to be in the house so i get that hey down in the show notes, everything about Daniel Nicole—they are touring a ton. We talked about that. Go go! Is Go go excited to tour? Is Go go excited to get out of the house? I think Go go is really excited to get out of the house. So look down there. Look at them. You know, if they're coming to your town, wherever, you will not be disappointed. They put a great show on, and that's going to do it for this town. But I've got a couple things. First of all, once again, thanks to my sponsor, Garage Door Apparel. Again, twenty percent off your order. Twenty percent, people down in the show notes. It tells you how to do that in their website. And then lastly, I've got a buddy who has listened to every episode pretty much. And what a sweet guy. My, my friend Luke out in California, he sent me the nicest set of four etched glass bourbon glasses. he knows I'm a bourbon guy. Commemorating this being the 100th episode. So that was very cool. So that's going to do it. I do have something coming up. I don't have an announcement yet, but I have a lot of announcements coming up. So Go out, support live music. We'll talk real soon. Bye-bye.
0: want to put my head in the water Say I'm living the life of a sinner I need some more